Good evening, Crossroads Ministries. Uh, welcome, everybody, for our Thanksgiving Eve service. I'm glad you're all here this, uh, this evening. Uh, would you please stand? We're going to worship the same way we always do. Let's worship and praise God here this evening. We want you to have fun in the Lord tonight. So we want to hear you raising your voices. Like Kyle said, praising Jesus tonight. Amen? Here we go.
little kid we have lifting on our eyes. You are a great God. You're the great I am. And Lord, we love singing your praises. As we gather here tonight, Lord, this night is in honor of you. We love you, Lord. Amen. So what are you thankful for? You'd think that'd be an easy question to answer. Yet, how often does the speed of life blind us? How often are the blessings we experience blurred by the chaos we walk in? While we're busy trying to keep up, do we fail to recognize all that we have to be grateful for? Of course we do. We're all guilty of it. Life has a way of chiseling away at a heart of gratitude. What if we could stop, pause in the moment, take a breath, take a beat, and recognize the incredible work of God which surrounds us? What if the intensity of the day-to-day could be stilled by the peace of thanksgiving? What if we could practice the words of Scripture and give thanks in everything? Perhaps these are the questions we need to ask ourselves. Maybe, if we look hard enough, we can see past everything life throws at us and see the beauty of a life spent giving thanks. So, what are you thankful for? Good evening. It's good to be with you guys. Listen, this is Thanksgiving Eve, and we have just spent time singing, and now like, we're just going to pause, and you're going to see this throughout the rest of the evening, is we're going to just continue on this theme of what are we thankful for, how are we giving thanks. And so uh, I'm going to read a piece of scripture, and then I'm going to kick it off to our kids, and they're going to start us off for this evening. But this is Psalm 100, and let's just all focus in on what scripture is saying as we focus in on how we can be thankful and and have this attitude of thanksgiving. This is Psalm 100. This is verse 1. It says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So, Christy, we got some kids up here, and they're thankful for some stuff, right? All right. Go ahead. All right. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, so, two weekends ago, we got to go around, and we did what's called our third and fourth grade service project. So, this is a, a small number of some of the kids that went with us, and um, we're going to get started. They're going to tell you all about what they got to do. So, this is Levi here, and why don't you tell everybody who did we visit? We went to people's... We went to older people's houses, and we gave them bags and cards and stuff to, um, like, candy and stuff. So we went over, and we gave them that, and we just, we thanked them um, with a blessing that, um, for all they did for us. All right. And um, let's see here, Archer. How many how many friends went with us whenever we did this? Twenty. 
20. There was 20 third and fourth graders. And uh, how many people did we visit? Ten. Ten. And so we took 20 kids and we piled them in safely with seat belts in five cars. And uh, we went around and we started here in Bethel Park. We drove all the way to Upper St. Clair, um, over to McMurray, and then back here to Finleyville and uh, South Park. So we went all around. <laughs> all right, Luce. And um, what did we give everyone? We gave them cards that we made, and we gave them flowers and, and chocolate. Yes. And uh, Reese, whenever we got back here to the church, what did we do? We got um, toys from upstairs, and we took them into the gym. We were setting up for what? What were we getting ready for? Chris, uh, Operation Christmas Pack. Yeah, we had a lot of stuff we had to get ready for our packing party. So these were our little busy bees, and it took them about 10 minutes to get a bunch of stuff over to the gym. It would have taken me about an hour, so I was very thankful for that. And then after we did that, what did we do? We ate pizza. We ate pizza. Pastor Ken taught us it's not a party until you have pizza. So, all right. And then later on in the week, uh, Kim and I got a couple cards in the mail. So I asked CJ and Tay to read them for you. These are beautiful cards that were written in cursive. So we had to um, print it out. <laughs> cursive is very hard to read. So uh, go ahead, CJ. You want to read your card, buddy? Hi, third and fourth grade class. You gave me a surprise I will never forget. Thank you so very much for the card. I loved it. Thank you for the candy and flowers. God's blessings on every one of you. For you all have surely blessed me under the shadow of his wings. Mrs. Fraser. All right, go ahead. Dear kids, thank you so much for coming to me Saturday. If you know me real well, you would listen. Know how much I like plants and candy. This card is on display in my living. The card is on display in my living room, and I love looking at it. The art, the artwork done on it is so great. Remember, always God loves you. So nice to know. Love, Miss Young. And um, whenever we were talking earlier about what we were going to do, Tay told me that she actually got to write the card to Mrs. Young. So that was really cool for her to see this card tonight. So. I loved the ending of these cards. Um, that's why I wanted to share them with you guys tonight. Um, the ladies at Crossroads that wrote these, they've been a part of Crossroads here for over 40 years. Um, they're in their 80s now, and I think it's pretty clear that they're still on a mission to tell people about Jesus, which is really cool. Um, Mrs. Young wrote in there, um, let me see, open that up again. Mrs. Young wrote, um, she said, remember always, um, God loves you. So nice to know. And CJ, Mrs. Frazier opened up. What did she say at the end? She said, under the shadow of his wing. And I think those are some powerful words and uh, really encouraging. Um, this is one of our uh, favorite uh, projects to do with the kids, Kim and I. And uh, we had a good time. And before we sit back down, the kids are going to tell you what they're thankful for. So, A mom and dad who care and love for me. Um, I'm thankful for food and shelter. Friends. Friends and family. Friends and family. Church. Family. All right. All right, go ahead, guys.
Would you stand with us one more time? And let's give the kids another round of applause because that's hard for them to get up here at such a young age, but it is so neat that we can teach them at a young age how to serve. So thank you, kids, for coming up here, and thank you, Kim and Chrissy. We're going to sing one more song here before we hear some great, awesome people tell us what God has done in their lives this year.
thank you so much for that great singing tonight. Please have a seat as we continue. Amen. What a great night, isn't it? Man, you guys are singing. Let's thank great God, man. What a great God we serve. I, I love having the kids up with us tonight, man. They sing so good, man. I can hear them. They were sitting right behind me. I'm like, yes, I want to sing more when I hear them sing. So right, let's thank God for our whole family together tonight. This is wonderful. Uh, as we begin, uh, we're going to go through a number of stories tonight. Tonight's not really a preaching service. I know you came to hear an hour-long sermon, so I, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. But anyhow, that tonight's not a preaching service, but it's a night of praise and thanksgiving and communion. And so uh, we're going to start in just a few moments going through a number of testimonies and let, letting you hear people's stories. Uh, some have went through the valley this year. We've just talked of the Psalm 23, going through the valley of the shadow of death. They went through their valleys in life right now. And, uh, and they're going to share with you how God has taken them on the other side. Others are just going to give praise unto the Lord. So uh, tonight, uh, there's two things. When you came in, you received a, a piece of paper. It says, Dear Lord Jesus, I want to encourage you as we go through the evening <clears throat> to take the pen in front of you. There's a pen in the, in the back of the seat in front of you. Uh, to, and just jot down things that you are thankful for as, uh, as the evening goes through. What God lays on your mind. Maybe you're thankful for your family. You're thankful for your salvation. Maybe you've seen a loved one come to know the Lord recently. Maybe you've had some victory in a health area. Maybe God's provided for you in some way. Or maybe the scripture says this, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God. And maybe it's in the middle of the trouble you will give the Lord praise tonight. And then we're going to, at the end of the night, we're going to have a, a praise offering. We're going to offer our thanks to the Lord. Nobody else will read this. This will be between you and the Lord. But we will give these unto the Lord tonight. And so uh, tonight, before we, before we begin those testimonies, though, I want to thank God for our church. And let's thank God, man. We've got a wonderful family. I'm, uh, I'm thrilled to be the, be the pastor here, and I'm so thankful for what God is doing in our family. Our church family is growing. People are coming to know the Lord all the time in our church, and I'm excited about what he is doing. Part of, uh, part of that, how the leadership works here at the church, is we have deacons. And so uh, there are six deacons in our church. And I'm going to ask any of the deacons that are here this evening if you would come and join me just down front here. And we'll bring up the house lights so everybody can see them well. And uh, we're just going uh, to have deacon affirmation tonight. So I'm going to ask the men who are ready or men and women who are going to hand out these the. Uh, Where's Ray at? Ray should be handing these out. There you go, Ray. There you go. Ray and uh, Cindy will be handing out. Uh, these are just to adults, and we ask if you are a member only of the church. And so what this is is deacon affirmation. These are the men of the church that, uh, that are the leadership of our church, uh, in addition to myself and our staff. These men, uh, they keep me in line. They, uh, they oversee our finances here. So they, uh, every month they're, they're looking at the finances of the church. And uh, I want you to, to pray for them and just ask God's blessing on them. So deacon affirmation means this. It says yes and no. And so if you say, no, I'm not affirming this person, you just mark no there. Uh, um, if it's yes, you just put yes there. So what we want to do is we want to affirm them and just thank God for them. And so I'm going to start from my right all the way over there. This is Mark Slagle on the end there. Mark Slagle, Dan McNeese, Philip Allen, Wade Baker, and Al Zabritsky. 
And not present tonight is, uh, is Roger McCaffey. He was unable to be here. So uh, I want to thank God for these men. Would you thank God for these men with me? And I, I will say this. The pastor can only be as good as his team. And I thank God for these men. These men encourage me. When I get down, and they know me well enough because we're, we're a team. We're not, this isn't like some, you know, trying to trip each other. These guys know me. They love me. They love this church, and they want to see God's will be done in this church. And so these men here, uh, they have a big responsibility. Should anything ever happen uh, to the pastor, and there would have to be a call of another pastor, they would be responsible for that. Uh, if there's uh, big decisions that have to be made, these, these men have to step up to the plate and make a lot of decisions, and then they bring bigger decisions uh, to the congregation at large. But thanks be to God, we haven't had to have too many of those. Amen? Let's thank God for that. Amen? Yes. <clears throat> pastor John was 47 years pastor here before me, and I think I was the first pastor that they voted on in 47 years, obviously, right? Because he was here forever. And so I, I plan to be here another 47 years, but I'll be 99 by that time, all right? So uh, one of these days that will happen. We thank God for these men. And so what I'd like for you to do is throughout the evening, you just take that, and again, 18 years of age or older, if you're a member of the church, and just uh, and then you can jot a, a note of affirmation to our deacons, and we will share that with them. And then all I ask you to do is on your way out uh, tonight, if you would just put them in the offering box, there's one in the foyer and one in the, um, uh, in the back of the auditorium. So, uh, man, aren't you thankful for these guys? Man, I thank God for the men of our church. Let's just pray over them. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me, it's so dry this winter, isn't it? Let's, uh, let's just thank God for these men and pray over them as we begin our time. Dear God, we come before you, Lord, and I thank you for these men of God. Lord, uh, the church is filled with so many uh, things that are honoring to you, Lord, and so many people that have given their life here and made sacrifices of their time, their talent, and their treasure. And Lord, I thank you for these six men, Lord, that we've asked to serve as deacons, and I pray, Lord, that as our congregation, we, this is just a matter of uh, family business here as the church, Lord. I pray, Lord, that uh, you will work mightily uh, as we as a church unite forward going together. Lord, help our, our, our people to pray for our deacons, Lord, to pray for our leadership, that God's will would be done here in the church. God, I thank you for each one of these men, Lord. They, they are my biggest fans. They are my biggest accountability partners, and they are the biggest cheerleaders for this church, God. I thank you that they love you, they love your people, and that they love to see your will be done. So, God, I pray you'll put your hand of blessing on each one, Lord. We lift up each one before you, Lord, for, uh, for Mark Slagle, Lord, for Dan McNeese, Phil Allen, Wade Baker, Al Zabritsky, and Roger Metcalf, Lord. These are godly men seeking to serve the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we thank you, Lord. We honor you. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's thank God once again for our deacons. All right. Luke, if you'll call up the first person in the hot seat tonight. Tom and Candy Damiani. Can you guys welcome them onto the stage? Like we need cool music. Maybe next year. Come on over here. Nah, you'll be all right. The seats always make you feel good up here. 
That's why I have one every Sunday. So, so guys, this is a, this is a part of the evening where we have people that we've talked to that have a story, and uh, so context on these wonderful people is I had their daughter Emma in youth group, and last year, uh, before we found our awesome Luke Sereka, um, before we had him, I was taken over in the interim, and I remember seeing Emma walk in with some friends, and I'm like, I know this girl. And I wanted, you know, part of me is just in the habit of just saying, like, hey, like, you know, nice to meet you. And I'm like, nope, I know this girl. And uh, it, it just brought back all the memories. And then one of the things that rattled through my head was, you know, we went to the same church, the church that we were at, you know, I used to serve at, they they attended, is we didn't really know each other. I didn't know them. And I said to Tom, I said, I want to know your story. And they have a story. And so I've asked Tom and Candy to share about really what God has been doing in their life up until here and what brought them to Crossroads. And so, guys, thanks for being here. And we just would love to hear, like, how God brought you here and just your story along the way, how you're thankful for what God has done in your life. Well, thanks. Thanks for the opportunity to, uh, to, to get up and to kind of share our testimony and to, to bear witness to, you know, the, the, all of the good that, uh, that God has done. And uh, I think the, you know, one of the things that, that led us to Crossroads uh, was a, a desire and a need for a, a, an honest biblical community, a community where we feel a part of things, where we can, um, we can continue to grow in our walk with Christ. And um, so I think that's, that's kind of the, the, the central theme behind, number one, what we're excited for, uh, because we are relatively new to the congregation, but uh, I think we also want to bear witness to the fact that it is a, it is a vital part of our walk as Christians to to be in community with other believers and in in a church, right? Um, you know, uh, being being obedient to that to that calling, it's 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 certainly a necessity. So, so I think that's uh, that's really what we want to you know that's part of our Thanksgiving. Uh, this year, and you know, we're excited for kind of the dawning of a, of, of a new time at, at Crossroads. So, would you like to? Yeah. So, um, so I'm going to share with you why Christian community is such an important part of our lives. Um, and it starts many, many years ago when Tom and I were in graduate school. We had a two-year-old daughter, and. Our parents were both um, a couple hours away, and so we're raising a two-year-old, and graduate school's not really where you find a lot of support raising a child, and we found a fantastic community in Morgantown, West Virginia, and um, we became part of that church. Um, (laughs) Most of the parents that were raising children that were our daughter's age, they could have some of them could have, were old enough to have been our parents. We were real, relatively young parents. And they really just took us under their wing, and they taught us to be parents, and they taught us to be followers of Jesus Christ. And that's fantastic, except our story took a little bit of a turn when our daughter, our third daughter, was born prematurely. She was born at 23 weeks, and she lived for seven months, and then she passed away. And so... Um, as, again, we're still relatively young, but we had this great Christian community that loved us through that. And so when I think about that time, there's a lot of sadness affiliated with it. It was hard. But what I think about is the love of the people that were in our church. They 
they came and did our laundry. Like, I, there would be a knock on the door, and, and they came in and, like, they took my laundry. And they, they went away with it, like my, my dirty clothes. And I was like, you cannot take my dirty clothes. And she was like, well, I am. And at this point, I had laundry piled so high, I was never, like, I was just at the point where I was just going to go buy new stuff. Like, I, I couldn't catch up. And, um, like, that kind of family. But our daughter was born in Pittsburgh, even though we lived in Morgantown. And so that meant that we were driving back and forth every day for seven months. And we had two other children, and they were in school, and Tom had a job, and I had a job, and wow, that was hard. And so we had to leave our family. We had to leave our Christian community. We moved to Pittsburgh, and we had been here maybe three weeks, and our daughter passed away. And so we were separated from our community. And so that was really difficult. And then we had to find a community. And um, Tom and I have moved ten times. We've, we've moved a lot for always really good reasons, but we've moved a lot. Our youngest daughter has been in four schools. She's always like, could you put me in a school and just leave me there? And um, we, we had a couple other communities that, that we were part of, and then we would move, and we would be too far away from the church. And it was really hard to be part of the community. We met great people, but being part of that community and being loved by people was hard. So we had been in a church for about 10 years um, and very involved, but struggled to find community. And then COVID happened, and it, probably, it happened to us all, right? We all lost our Christian community. We all stayed inside. And here's what we learned. There's great biblical teaching that you can get from YouTube, that you can get online, that you can get in all sorts of places, but there's not Christian community. But you know what? Church in my pajamas was nice. Like, I could stay in my pajamas, and I could drink my coffee, and my feet were up, and my cat was on my lap, and we were really comfortable with that. And in the middle of COVID, our middle daughter got very sick. She had started to get ill, and... Um, she started having all sorts of things happen that, that we couldn't explain. Uh, fortunately, we've, we found that the doctors and we've gotten a lot of answers. But I thought, you know, I don't have my Christian community. Where are they? I don't have that support that I had when we lost our daughter. And we struggled. And you know what? My daughter didn't have that support. I didn't have someone to call up and like walk in and love her when she was struggling or when she was having a hard time. So at the end of, or sort of as we're, I mean, this has COVID ever ended, but as we're sort of moving through that time, um, my two daughters then experienced the loss of a dear friend from high school who um, took his life. And nobody was there to love on my girls outside of us. And that's when I said, we have to find a Christian community. We have to get back into church, and we have to find the community. Not because we can't hear good biblical preaching elsewhere, but because we need people who are invested in our family, and we need to be invested in someone else's family. And so I think for us, as we sort of moved from place to place, it took us a little while, but we found Crossroads. We walked in. Jim knew our name the next week. Somebody hugged us when we walked in. Luke saw us immediately and said hello. We saw friends in, and, uh, that we'd had for years that were here. 
Um, and immediately we found that community. So I think for us, what we're really thankful for is that Crossroads has become that community very quickly for us. We're leading a C group. We had a C group meeting um, because we know firsthand that this life can't be done without Christian community. So I think that's what we are super thankful for this year. Well, amen. We thank God for that testimony. Amen. Well, guys, we're, we're just we're so thrilled that you're here, and, and thank you for that, that, that testimony, Tom and Candy, and, you know, your family. We're just we're thankful for you guys and excited to continue to get to know you guys, and I wanted you guys to hear that because now you know them, and I want you to come up to them afterwards and, and get to know them. They're a wonderful family, and the whole Baldwin crew is a great crew, so get to know them all. Yeah, that's right. Woo, woo. <laughs> um, but, guys, thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing. Amen. Appreciate thank it. you, guys. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Next, we have, uh, we have John Pastorius. So, John, come on up here. Let's thank God for John. All right. Right. We're doing good, doing good. John. Doing good, doing good. Go ahead and share with us some of your, your blessings, and I know God's been working in your life big time. Yes, He has. Yes, He has. Um, well, first of all, uh, I want to be thankful for my uh, nine-day-old grandson, Jordan Jr., if he'd stand up. There he is right there. True blessing. And, uh, and my son Jordan and his wife Amanda, they're, they're truly, I'm proud of both of them, and uh Real happy. Yeah, yeah, it's a true blessing. Thankful for that. Um, there's a lot going on in my life right now, and you know, I'm not going to go through everything, but uh, my, my son Jordan has a victory that someday he'll share with us all, and look forward to that. Um, and I'm, all, I'm also very thankful for my beautiful wife, Sherry. She couldn't be here tonight. She has a little bit of a sore throat. and If she was here, she'd be holding that baby, and she said, I don't want to get him sick. So she's going to be responsible for that. So... Uh, I married her 11 years ago here in this church. Pastor Al married me to her, and she's my best friend, and I'm so happy about that. But uh, I'm truly thankful for this church and the family. I've been I've been poking my head in and out of here since I was a teenager, and I really became rooted in this church about 15 years ago. And uh, as I alluded to when I was baptized last year, um, this church is really this is a great place, and it means a lot to me. Um, the the the, uh, the life group. The members here, the, the people that are part of the life group, you're my family. You guys are great. Uh, you are the arms and legs of the, of the church and the body of Christ. And when we, we keep in touch with each other. When something's wrong, we're always reaching out and praying for each other. And if anybody needs anything, you know, my buddies Dan and Mark and, and uh, Wade, you're, you're always there. And it means so much. I'm thankful for that. Uh, I'm thankful for the... Uh, you know, I volunteer at the, the nursery two Sundays a month. I love that. Those little kids are great. They're, they're the world, and they're God's hope, and they're our future. I, I appreciate that. And uh, you know, and God's always bringing people in front of me, you know, that are Christians. And I just uh, met one today that I work with. You know, it lives in Indianapolis. We shared our faith together over the phone for 45 minutes, and it was a great thing. So uh, those are good things to be to be thankful for. Uh, but, however, you know, I've kind of been going through some dark times here over the past few months, and one of them was, uh, you know, two months ago we learned my brother has terminal cancer. And that was kind of a shock for the family, especially my elderly parents. They're both in their 80s. And uh, they came home from Florida here and uh, to be with me and my brother and, and my, my siblings. And my, my brother's not a, a Christian. He doesn't, uh, 
didn't have a whole lot of faith, so I went and I met with him and we talked about, about his faith. And, uh, you know, Pastor Al gave me some information to talk to him about. And, and he said to me, you know, I don't think I've really done enough to uh, earn my favor into heaven. And I, said, I told him that's not how it works. You know, Christ paid for that price. He paid that price. And, and uh, you know, he, he went to the cross and as long as you accept Christ and you, you uh, believe in him, you know, you'll be okay. You'll move forward. And it was an easy discussion, and, and we're going to talk about it again. But uh, on one occasion, he was being rushed to the hospital, and uh, we almost lost him. But he told me, uh, it was funny, because I spoke to him on the phone that next morning, and he was in a good mood. And I, I said, well, your, lungs, your lung collapsed, you know, you're, but you're happy. And he told me that uh, he had an experience, you know, that, uh, that Christ met him and told him he was going to be okay. It wasn't time yet, but he was going to be okay. And he, he had great peace in him. Great peace in his heart. And, and it was good to hear. Thank God for a brother. Thank mm-hmm. God for a brother who shares Jesus it was. with your brother. Yeah, so he accepted Christ. And, uh, and I think we're all at peace at that. And my father, who, uh, who's been watching all this, told me recently, he said, you know, son, uh, I'm, I'm watching. He's been coming to church here, by the way, for the past month, him and my mother. And, and they love it here. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm watching what's going on in your life. And, you know, I think I've felt the presence of God in my life, but I need to find Jesus, and I want you to help me with that. And he said, and me and your mother, we're joining this church. We love it here. They've been coming here every Sunday. They're going to join Crossroads. Awesome, man. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. And I want to thank everybody here because you guys have made them feel welcome. They love this church, and they're going to come here. And, And thank you for that. So he's observed what, what, what this church and what, what Jesus has done in my life, and they're going to become members here, and, and that's great news. Um, so my brother accepted Christ, and, and he's confident where he's going, and, and that's a great thing. And the work associate I talked to today had the experience where he almost lost his life in the emergency room, and he had the same experience, you know, where Christ told him it wasn't time. Amen. And those are comforting thoughts, Amen. and it's good to hear. You know, and I know my son and his wife told me a while back they're worried about all this, uh, all this stress I'm under. And I said, you know, don't be worried about it. You know, I, I'm, God's with me. He's walking through me with this, and, and I'll be fine. I'm learning something from it. I hope you do too, because we're, we're, we're going to get through this. He's got a plan. I don't know what it is, but Amen, we're, we're walking through it together. Amen. We're walking through it Amen. together. God is good. Yes, He is. So man, we praise God, good. man. Thanks. Amen. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you. Hi. Right. God bless you. John, thank you, man. Two powerful stories so far. Amen? Amen. Two powerful. Next, we're going to have uh, Luke Sereca, our youth pastor, is going to bring a few young people up here with him. And uh, we thank God for Luke Sereca. He's newly married. You should be thankful for your wife, right? I'll give you that hint to start there, okay? I have two mics. this This could be dangerous. I have two mics. So, yeah, so if you don't know who I am, I'm the youth pastor here at this church. And, man, come up. Are you guys afraid of me? I thought we were friends. <sighs> oh, my goodness. Maybe I'm not doing such a great, great job after all. Anyways, um, God has been doing such a great work in these youth. God is, I'm so thankful that God doesn't just come to adults, but comes to teenagers. That God doesn't care about how old you are, that he wants everybody. And so I'm so glad that I have students up here who want to share. And they're so eager to do so. And so in the spirit of thankfulness and thanking God for what, 
for how he's been working in the church. They've been working through these students. And so, can I trust you with this? I don't know. <laughs> so, just say your name and then say what you're thankful for. Hi, my name's Hunter Mamie. Um, I'm thankful for this church, uh, this church family that God has given me. It's been a helpful, and, and it's been giving me faith and or helping me with my faith and helping me through my journey. Um, and I'm also thankful for what He's done in my life and what He's done in everyone else's life. Which he's done a lot, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Cool. I'm Samuel Allen, and I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful that we're all healthy this year, and that we can all be together for Thanksgiving, and that we'll have a good time this year. I'm Lexi Ogroski. I'm thankful for my health, and I'm also thankful for all the loving encouragement that my family has given me and my church family has given me. Thank you. Um, I'm Mary Harmon, and I'm so thankful for all the wonderful people God has given me in my life, like my friends or my family or my youth leaders. Um, I'm Cami McNeese, and I'm thankful for friends and lacrosse. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. All right, you guys are good. Thank you, guys. Give them a hand. Give them a hand one more time. Good job, guys. Before, before I hand it, hand it back off to these guys, I just want to share something that's been so awesome that happened recently. On Sunday morning, Blake Booth, who actually was here like last year giving a testimony, got baptized. That Blake Booth finally came up and he said, he made a decision two years ago, but he said to me, I want to get baptized. And so on Sunday, I got to baptize him. And that was just such an awesome awesome moment for someone even in eighth grade to be like i want to follow after jesus and i want other people to know that and what's great and what's even better is now i'm getting other people to say hey i want to get baptized too so blake has influenced even just other students to say hey i want to do the same thing and so it's just awesome how god is working through our middle schoolers and our high schoolers and our 56ers amen thanks be to god Man, we thank, we thank God for our young people. Thank God for our youth pastor. But uh, just so good to hear from our children, our teenagers, our middle schoolers, everybody. Uh, high school, seniors, man, that's awesome. Uh, our next up tonight we have here, we have Marcy Allen. So we ask Phil and Marcy to come on up. And uh, let's thank God for Marcy. I know a lot of you have been praying for Marcy this year. Okay, hello. Um, So, Samuel, my son, uh, thanked God that we were all healthy this year and that we're going to be able to enjoy the holidays together. (laughs) I'm going to try to hold myself together. But a year ago, we had a health crisis. Um, In October of 21, um, a large, very large mass was discovered on my left ovary. And... Found that out in October and um, was not able to get into McGee to see a specialist until November 15th. On November 15th, uh, I was told that I was going to need surgery. We didn't know for sure if it was cancerous or not. They wouldn't know until they got in there to do the surgery. 
Um, the surgery was scheduled for December 6th. <clears throat> this was so overwhelming to me because my entire life I've had white coat syndrome. And those of you in the auditorium who know what that is, know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Terrified of doctors, dentists, those of you in the healthcare field, God bless you. <laughs> I admire you greatly. <clears throat> Before all this, if I was even like driving past a hospital, I would get heart palpitations, and I wasn't even going there. So to hear what I was about to go through, to say that it was overwhelming, that would be an understatement. I was terrified. So I said, okay, Lord, like, I cannot do this, but you can. So I prayed and cried out to him and said, do what only you can do. And I believe that God could have healed me instantly. That's what I wanted. <laughs> I didn't want to go through this, what I went through. <clears throat> but that wasn't his path. And he's taught me so much along the way. And I know that his plan is perfect. Mine's not. So December 6th came. Didn't sleep a wink. Going to the hospital. And we were really hoping for just laparoscopic surgery and let's be done with this and move on with life. Uh, they started laparoscopically and then had to cut me all the way down my belly. Um, took out, I don't even know what's left in me. They took out so much that was in me. <clears throat> so it was the next day in the hospital that the oncologist came in who operated on me and she said, it's cancer. And so ovarian cancer and there was a piece attached to the colon that was cancerous as well. And she said, you know, you're, you're going to have to start chemotherapy. I said, no, <laughs> no, I just did the surgery. Isn't that good enough? Like, didn't you get it all? Like, why do I have to do this next part? So it was a um, rough week in the hospital with some complications, bowel blockage and all kind of crazy stuff. And I had so many people praying for me. A deacon from our church came in and prayed with me and Phil. And um, God never left my side the entire time. And so the, the big miracle that I thought I needed, wanted, this for him to just take it instantly from me didn't happen. But I had so many miracles along the way that I'd like to touch on tonight. So I was supposed to start chemo on January 6th. And I, don't, I was like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to do this because I was so laid up from the, from the major surgery that I had had. I was still recovering. January 5th, the day before I was supposed to start chemo, Phil and I both tested positive for COVID. And that was such a blessing in disguise because had I gotten COVID after I started chemo, it could have been incredibly, incredibly dangerous. So that's, you know, Miracle number one. Well, miracle number one, I, I made it through the surgery. Like I'm like, <laughs> um, I could go on and on about miracles. But um, so that that was a big one. But his timing was perfect. So they had to delay chemo two weeks. And you know, speaking of like that was perfect timing with COVID. They had told me that during chemo that I, my immune system would be wiped out and I'd have to be very careful being around germs. Don't be around anybody who's sick. So I, I stayed in the house, and I said, but how, I have three kids coming home from public school every day. How am I not supposed to be around germs? So 
another miracle. My children, who are right down here, went to school every day last year and never even came home with a sniffle. That is a miracle from God. My kids were there, and they were so resilient during all this, knowing how scared I was before going in for my chemo. It reminded me of verses, Joshua 1.9. Addie would tell me all the time, Mom, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Encouragement to like you moms and dads out there, fill your heart with God, fill your kids with God's word. It'll come back. She blessed me so much with that every time I had to go in for chemo. So I went into chemo and um, again was scared to death, putting on this gown, you know, because the nurse couldn't touch what they're going to put in through my veins. And I'm like, yikes! And um, if it's so that you know that dangerous, but. Um, they had to watch because of the um, high rate of um, allergic reactions, like a lot of women have to the drugs that they were giving me. So you take white coat syndrome, telling me that I could have an allergic reaction, like you're putting on all this crazy stuff in front of me. Um, and so uh, verse 2 that came back to me, and I just said over and over and over again, when they were inserting that chemo into me, was Second Timothy 1.7. And I said it over and over and over again. As it was being administered to me, I said, For God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I claim to that verse every day, every minute of every hour that I was in that chemo room. And it was a long extravaganza every time I went in for chemo. Some women would go in and would get a shot or a pill or maybe be hooked up for a half hour. I was hooked up for about seven hours every time. And... I didn't want to, like, it was everything in me that I didn't pull out the tubes and all that stuff and run for the hills. And that was another miracle. Because I went through chemo from January through May, sitting in that chemo chair hooked up. Not one time did I have a panic attack in that chair. And that is a miracle from my God. Amen. Um, on my, in February... It was determined where I was going to have a port put in. So something else I was concerned about, nervous about. Um, and I'd been going to God, man, boldly in prayer. And I talked boldly. I mean, we were, I was crying out. My family was crying out. Phil, my kids, my parents, my, all of you guys. I could not have done this without the prayers of everybody. I just want everybody to know this. This was not me at all. Because what I went through was so far beyond what I could handle. It was only through God, by the grace of God Almighty, that I made it through. And so even though things weren't happening the way I wanted it to happen, like real quick, like I had to go through this long process, just time and time again, God showed me that he was with me. He, would not, he was not leaving me. And just Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 was on my heart the whole time. And I'd learned that when I was about 10 years old. He said, I will never leave you, Marcy, nor forsake you, so that I can boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear. And I just claimed that promise. Lord, you're with me. And so at night before I'd go to bed during this time, I would pray and 
cry out to God and I would sing to him. And one of the songs I would sing was Waymaker by Michael W. Smith. And I would just sing it out in my living room. I probably woke my family up some of the times. And so I went in for this port procedure that was supposed to take about 20 minutes. I was fully awake during this procedure. They didn't give me any sedation because after the port procedure, I was going in straight for a chemo a treatment. And when I went in for that port procedure, it took about an hour and 45 minutes, and I was fully awake on that table. My heart was racing. In fact, the nurses, God sent like two of the nicest nurses that I had the entire time that day when I had the port put in. And my heart rate was so high. They said, you know what, we, we really need to try to get this down. Um, what if we put on some music or something for you? I said, okay. She said, what, what kind of music do you like? And she named some things. I said, I have no idea what that is. I said, can you please put on some Jesus music? I need some praise music in here. And so she said, I don't, something about Pandora. I don't even know what that is. I guess it's music or something these kids would know. So she puts on this music. As I'm laying on that operating table, and the first song that comes on is Waymaker by Michael W. Smith. I'm like, that is not a coincidence. Amen. You know, there are no coincidences with God. Amen. He orchestrates it all. And he showed me, even though, Marcy, you, I know you hate this. <laughs> You're uncomfortable. This is not fun. But I am with you. When I heard that song, I started crying. The nurses were wiping away my tears, you know, because there's this thing up in front of me. I can't move and all this and that. And just so it was, it was just miracle after miracle after miracle as I went through this that I saw God's hand upon me. And during the chemo, um, again, like I said, the kids remained healthy the entire time. My husband remained healthy the entire time, even though the guys were sick at work that he was around. But my oldest daughter, Reagan, was a senior this past year. And I felt so bad that I was missing out on a lot of her senior year. You know, as parents, there's just no greater joy like than going and seeing your kids do what they do. Missed out on her indoor drumline season and concerts. Um, she's a musician. and So I said, okay, my, our goal has got to be to get through these chemo treatments on time so I can have a couple weeks to recover and get to her graduation. So, like, I had my eye on the prize. So if any of you have gone through chemo, you know that it accumulates in your body. And so when you do the blood work, a lot of times the blood work gets worse each time. And that's what happened with mine. My last chemo was to be in May. And I thought, okay, this is perfect because it's going to, like, I'll have, like, a few weeks and I'll be, I'll be able to be at graduation. So I got my blood work two days before my last chemo and the blood work came back bad. My white blood cell count was low. And my oncologist said, you know what, you're probably not going to be able to get this one. I said, I have to get this one. Reagan's graduation's coming. I have to get this. Like, I have to do this. And she said, no, no, you can't do it if it's, if it's this low. But she said, you know what, just, just prepare like you're going to do the chemo. Take your steroids the night before, the steroids the morning, all the stuff we have to do. And she said, come into the hospital and get more blood work, and we'll just see what happens. I made some calls that day, and I said, I, I just had so many people praying me through this. And God moved so many mountains in my life, not because of what I've done. I don't deserve any of it. But he is so faithful and so gracious. Two days later, I went in for that final treatment, and I went into, I had all this done at McGee Hospital. I went into the lab at McGee, did the blood work, went over to my oncologist's office there at McGee. 
And I waited for her, and she came in, and her exact words were, I don't know what you did to get your numbers up, but it worked. And I said, like, if God didn't just, like, open that door wide open for me to tell her, like, I know exactly what happened, you know. Um, I said, I had an army of people praying for these results. I told her there's been an army of people praying for her. And I told her how thankful I am for her and how God, I was just so grateful that God used her to take this cancer from my body. And so God gave me just situation after situation where I just saw, like, wow, like his, he just did not leave me, did not forsake me. I was able to get that last chemo treatment on time. I was able to go to Reagan's graduation, her graduation party. Um, and I kept praying the whole time again through this. Back up one, one, one thing I just wanted to mention. I kept praying through all this that God would take this horrible situation that I hated being in. I hated it. I said, God, God take, this, take this situation and turn it around for good. Turn it around for your glory, for your honor, and for your praise. And he did that time and time again. He gave me opportunities to talk with other women at the hospital. And then in April, when I was still going through the chemo, <clears throat> the Ringgold baseball team, which Hunter, I don't know where Hunter, he's in there. There he is. Hunter's a part of that on varsity, and my son Sam on JV. We're able to go to PNC Park for a a ball game in April, and uh, I wasn't going to go. I just wasn't feeling very well from the chemo, and I was encouraged to go. And Ringgold baseball surprised me by having these little towels made up that said Ringgold um, strikes out cancer. But that wasn't the great part. The great part was, before the national anthem was played, as Ringgold was lined up on the third base line and the opposing team was lined up on the first base line, there's Pastor Ken on the field, and he prayed over me on the loudspeaker at PNC Park, and he got to say on the loudspeaker at PNC Park that my strength comes from the Lord. And I just was so thankful I said, okay, if, if this is why I had to go through it all, then it was all worth it. Because you had these two public schools. These kids so desperately need Jesus. And in the public school, the one thing they need to hear is the only thing you're not allowed to talk about, and that is Jesus. Amen. And so these two public schools, these boys standing on this line, got to hear about Jesus. Amen. At PNC Park that day, that is something only God could do. That is something only God could orchestrate. And, and he answered that prayer of taking this horrible situation and turning it around for his glory and his honor and his praise. I could go on and on and on with story after story. Those are just a few. I could, we could be here till tomorrow's turkey dinner. But um, I just wanted to share that um, and be an encouragement to others out there. And, and thank you all, the church, because I felt your prayers. I could not have done this. Again, this is not me. This is so far beyond me, what I could do. I felt your prayers. The meals that were sent our way, even if I didn't feel up to eat, eating them, what a comfort to know that my husband and my children had meals. So those of you who think, oh, I could never get up there on stage and do that, or I could never you know, teach or whatever, if you can cook a little something, or if, even if you can't cook, order a pizza and drop it off like people did. That's what we did. <laughs> I'm telling you. What a blessing, and I am so grateful for that, so grateful for your texts, your prayers, your calls, 
the care for my children, the care for my husband. And I give God the glory and honor and praise. And I went back in September for a scan and blood work. The doctor told me, Marcy, you are cancer-free. Again, I give him all the glory and ask for continued prayers. Uh, She left it in that there's a high rate of recurrence. But, hey, you know what? My God has this, and it will keep me close to him. And it will, when you go through something like this, it changes your prayer life. At least it did for me. And so I'm just going to keep on clinging to him, clinging to his word, and crying out to him. And he's so good, so faithful. Amen. Amen. Hello, I'm, I'm Phil. I'm the silent half. Uh, so, uh, from, uh, from the very beginning of this, um, you know, we had so many prayers and the, the prayers changed. Uh, but two prayers remain the same. One, one was for peace, and the other was for, excuse me, my, my family to remain strong in their faith. <clears throat> so immediately I thought, of, uh, I thought of Job and what an example the Bible gives us for adversity. And he went through a terrible time, and after it all, he praised God. And that's what I wanted for our family, was to be like Job. So recently, Pastor Ken spoke uh, about Chet, Chet Knoll. Some of you may know Chet. After his surgery, he said that he felt the prayers. And Mar- it hit me because Marcy said that exact same thing many times uh, during all this. She said, I feel their prayers, and only God can give us that peace. So the Bible says, don't worry about tomorrow, because today will bring trouble of its own. And I, I had to cling to that. So I took it one day at a time, and that's all I could do. And so the days turned into weeks, and the weeks turned into months. Two weeks from now uh, will be the one-year date of uh, her surgery. Uh, we are here to, now to praise God for being faithful to our family, uh, to thank God for his healing, and to use our family for his honor and his glory. Uh, and I do want to thank, we could not have done it without our church family, uh, Pastor Ken and Rhonda. We got so many meals so many gifts and cards and phone calls and texts, uh, and it was needed. I mean, we needed it. Uh, we could not have done it without you, so thank you again. Uh, we thank you for your prayers, and uh, praise God. Amen. Amen. Let's just pray for them now. I want to continue that prayer. I love that. Peace. And that God would keep my family strong. God, we come before you. What a blessing. God, we've heard testimony after testimony tonight of the grace of God. God, we've heard about tonight your your children, Lord. When we suffer, you're not far. You're near. 
God, I thank you for my friends, Phil and Marcy, Lord. We've, uh, we've, we're in the family of God. We've been in this thing for a lifetime. And God, as we've rallied around this family as a church, Lord, it's our joy and privilege to, to rejoice tonight to hear that, that cancer is gone from her body. Thank you, Lord. You're the great healer. You're the great physician. You're the great I am. And, Lord, you used the doctor's hands, and you used all, the, all these events, Lord, and you brought Marcy and Phil and that entire family to a closer point. They were close with you already. Lord, you brought them to a deeper walk with you. And they, uh, they are so thankful for the peace and the strength you have given them. And, Lord, I ask for continued peace, Lord. Um, for, for both Phil and Marcy, for their three wonderful children, Lord. And may they continue to be strong and show this world that, yes, we will suffer. But thanks be to God that he is with us and he will never leave us. God, we thank you and we rejoice with this family as they rejoice tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's thank God for Phil and Marcy. Number one, would you pray with me, Jesus, be the central figure in my life. Be my shepherd, be my savior, be my king. Help me not to fall to any substitutes. Help me not to get caught up in any rivals, Jesus. There's only one, and it's you. You have no rivals. Be my shepherd, be my king. Jesus, please continue to be the central figure in our church. Shepherd us, lead us, help us to seek and save the lost, which is your mission. You have no rival in this place. Would you pray that for our church? Shepherd King that God promised to send, and that was fulfilled in Jesus. If you're not sure he's your shepherd, I would invite you this morning to call out to him. He's alive. To say, Jesus, would you come and rescue me? Would you come and bring salvation to my life, God? My life's like the people of Israel. So much wrong, God. I need you in my life. I believe you died for me on the cross and rose again so I could be forgiven and I trust in you alone. Would you be my Savior? Let's welcome Pastor Josh Watts of City Church, Newcastle. Come on up. Hello. Josh, give us a report of the church up there. As you know, he's on our birthday gift to Jesus. Josh Watts grew up here, and he's no stranger to this church. He's one of our... We're, we're thanking God. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm still recovering, Phil, Phil and Marcy. Uh, so uh, they, they're some of my heroes when I was a kid here at, uh, at Crossroads. And so thanking the Lord for his goodness in your life. Um, 
I just want to say thank you for uh, your support and your prayers for us at City Church. Uh, what you see there is all, um, it's on your account here at Crossroads. We're, we're up in Newcastle trying to bring the, the, the DNA that's in this church, the, what's been talked about, the community, the prayers, the love, the, 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 the gospel being centered to everything, Jesus being lifted up. Um, we're trying to do that in Newcastle. And uh, you know, I showed that video, and I wanted you to see the, the guy there at the end that got baptized. Uh, his name is Matt. He's a single. He's a single dad with two kids, coming out of recovery. And the guy baptizing was a friend of ours, Marcus, who's two years clean uh, out of recovery. And uh, he came to our church two years ago on an anniversary barbecue for our first baptism to see a friend in recovery getting baptized. And said, I, I, God wants me to be here. I want to stay here. And he's been being discipled. And uh, Matt uh, was invited to a block party that we had, an outreach of ours, uh, by Marcus. Marcus called and said, hey, actually, you need a ride. He said, I need a ride to the block party. But I think I want you to come with me. So Matt came to the block party. And it was a few weeks later we met. And Matt gave his life to the Lord. Um, we went through Romans 10, and he said, God, I confess Jesus is my Savior, and I believe that God raised him from the dead. Would you save me? And uh, the very next day, that was his baptism. And so there's a few generations of disciples there, um, and uh, I'm just thankful for Crossroads and the, the examples that I learned here from great people like Pastor Ken and Phil and so many others here. So many of you have been so supportive and so I just want to thank God for all of you and just share just what you, what's going on there. Um, this is a, a, a barbecue we did for an elderly uh, community uh, that we, um, some, a lady in our church lived there. She, she, got, she was uh, saved a few, a few years ago, and uh, her name is Helen, and she's an evangelist. And so she asked us to come and start a Bible study, and we didn't come fast enough, so she started it herself. And uh love that about her. And so we came and, and jumped in with her, and we did, a, we did a, a barbecue for them and fed about half the community. Almost 40 people came out, and uh, we got to share the gospel with them. And so wanted to just share that with you and just what God's doing up there. Thankful for that. That's a new ministry. The picture before was our recovery team that's, that's launched. You see Marcus is in the blue there. He's the one that baptized his friend Matt. And, uh, and so we're just, we're thanking God for some of these new initiatives that are, that are happening in City Church. Now, last year when I was here, I got to tell you about uh, a trip to uh, Turkey that I was on. And I got to go back uh, last week. I got, I got, I returned on Friday of last week and just wanted to give you an update. There's, uh, there's uh, myself with one of our church members and our, our missionary friend, Josiah, and then the man there is his name is Jadid. He uh, he's a guy that accepted Christ very miraculously. Um, he was having dreams about Jesus, to be honest. And uh, he had a dream. He was a Muslim man, and uh, had dreams. And Jesus was telling him, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life." And the, the guy had no clue what that meant or who was saying it. But he started like Googling in, in, in Turkey. Who says I'm the way, the truth, and life? Who says, you know, all, all, he had like all these verses he was dreaming about. So 
out of like only by God's design and purpose and perfect plan, his sister got a hold of Josiah and was like, hey, talk to my brother. She has no idea what's going on. No idea about the dreams, nothing. Doesn't know Josiah as a Christian, nothing. And they get on the phone, and sooner or later, he starts sharing, like, what he's going on in his life. And Josiah happens to be an Arabic-speaking missionary. And is able to say, like, this is Jesus. And, and, and he got a New Testament. He read the whole New Testament, and he gave his life to Christ. Since that time, he's won 17 people to Christ in Iraq, Turkey, Canada. So I got to share last year, if you, if you were here, we had some pictures. We went over last year, we got to see baptisms. This year we went over just to strengthen them. And I just want to just share like the, the power of what God is doing to transform lives. There's a picture here of another man and his wife. I think it might be here next. Yes. Uh, this is another couple that, that came to Christ through Jadid. We stayed in their house. These are Iraq refugees living in Turkey. They fled for their lives because uh, other, other, other groups in Iraq were threatening to take their lives and the lives of their kids. And so they're, they're, they're refugees in Turkey. Um, this is him. Now was, you know, of the Muslim faith, is now a believer in Jesus Christ. And uh, he is, this, this here is him reading Proverbs 31 uh, over his wife. That he who finds a wife of noble character finds a, finds a treasure. Finds, and, and, and then we got to pray over her uh, this, past, this past week. Which is an incredible thing in that culture to see how Christ is transforming this family. They're young boys. You'll see uh, their their faces are are, are blocked because of uh, for their protection. Their lives are in danger. If it's found out they're Christian, they're likely taken back to Iraq, which would be probably the end of their life. Um, the the main guy, Jadid, um, I think I told you at LCN, and these guys know Josiah from uh, our a pastor meeting that we have. I get to come to and, and Pastor Tyler, um, and uh, it's super encouraging to us at City Church. So we always feel connected with you because we're here every month um, and hearing updates of what God's doing with you and getting to share what God is doing in Newcastle. And so, um, but uh, th- these guys, their lives are put on the line. Uh, this main, this main guy, Jadid, who God first led to Christ, he was. Uh, Marriage is sort of uh, arranged over there, and there was a marriage arranged between him and, and a woman who didn't, you know, didn't believe in Jesus. And uh, he put his life on the line and took her out secretly and said, I can't marry you because I'm a Christian. And uh, if you tell your family, you know, I, I, know, I know what this means for me, and, and, uh, but I can't marry you. And, uh, and the girl said, that's okay. I'm, I'll just tell my family that we don't see eye to eye, and God preserved his life, because um, it, it would mean basically the end of his life um, if, if she would have said that to her family. So, at this couple here that you see, he finally had the courage to share with his family in Iraq that he's now a Christian. They, they've already lost everything. They, they, they took the little that they had and took it all away from them, um, sold their house, the title to their house, and just, these people are facing extreme loss, persecution, fear, and yet the joy of the Lord with them is just indescribable. It's so good to see. There's peace. There's joy. Uh, They call the Bible the book of happiness. 
And, uh, and I asked for a, a message from them to share with, with our church and with you and the LCN group. I told them there's so many people that love you and are praying for you, your brothers and sisters in Christ. And so he said this. And so I want to, I want to try and I have this kind of memorized. Number one, crossroads, uh, that you would hold fast to God's word. That you would hold fast to people that trust and obey God's word. And that you would hold fast to the unity of the church because you are one body in Christ. That is his prayer and his, uh, his, his message for you. We shared that with our church on Sunday. It's a joy to be able to share that on behalf of our brother in Christ in Turkey. And so I, I thank you for, yeah, let's give God a hand. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Josh. We appreciate Thank you, Pastor Josh and Shannon and a lot of their families here tonight. So uh, we thank God for all these blessings. Isn't this been a wonderful evening? Let's thank God for these blessings, all right? Thank you, Pastor. I, I want to now direct our attention towards communion. And uh, would you please reach forward and grab the communion cup? It's in the rack in the seat in front of you. And... Uh, what I want to encourage us to do, the, the bread is on the bottom. And so if you would begin to peel that and just not eat it yet, but begin to prepare and think about it, okay? And so what I'd like for us to do is just hold on to that bread. Because there's a verse in Scripture that says, Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. And this piece of bread that you're holding in your hand represents that indescribable gift. And so of all the things that you've heard tonight, you've heard some powerful stories. People have had great loss, but Jesus was with them and gave them great peace and great comfort through Christ himself. Uh, and, and that is only possible through Jesus Christ. So I'm just going to ask you to reflect, every believer in the house, just just. Let's just pray over this right now and reflect on that and thank God for his indescribable gift. And if you've not yet opened your heart to Jesus, open your heart to Jesus before we have communion tonight. This is for those that are believers, followers of Jesus, that have placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So let's just bow in prayer with our heads bowed and eyes closed tonight. We're so thankful for the gift of eternal life. And if that's you, maybe you've been listening. You say, I'm on the outside. I want faith like those people have. I, I want to hear Jesus step into my life. You can open your heart to Jesus and pray something like this to him tonight. Say, dear Jesus, I come before you. I'm a sinner. And Jesus, I need a Savior. And Jesus, you are that Savior. You died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You rose again. And Lord, I invite you into my heart and soul right now. And I want that eternal life that only comes from knowing you. Dear God, we come before you and we pray over this entire congregation, Lord. As we've been honoring you, we've been honored to hear the praise of your people tonight, Lord. These are just a few stories from our church, Lord. We could go on for months and months and months hearing the stories of the grace of God. 
Lord, thank you. You've been so good to us. You've been so faithful to us. And Lord, as we partake of this bread now, as when you ripped that bread and you handed it out to the disciples, you said, take, eat, do this in remembrance of me. And so, Lord, we ask you to bless this bread to our bodies and bless this moment of worship as we worship you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus at the Last Supper after he had handed out the bread and he said, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. He was saying this is a symbol of my body. It's been broken for you. It will be broken for you. And then he took the cup and I'm going to ask everyone to now open the cup, the juice side. He took the cup and he said, this is the new covenant. My blood, the new covenant. The new agreement between God and man. And he blessed it. And then he told his disciples to drink and to do this in remembrance of me. And I want to remind you, the scripture says, without the shedding of blood, without the giving of blood, there would be no forgiveness of sin. So let's just bow in prayer. And I'm going to ask you to take just a few minutes, a few seconds here, and worship the Lord and give your heart. He says, come before him with thanksgiving. Thank him for that indescribable gift. Our Father and our God, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you for what you have done on the cross. You died on a cross, you paid for our sin, and you rose again. And, Lord, I ask you now to move in a mighty way, Lord. Transform us, Lord, as we worship you and we do this in remembrance of you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? He's always good. He is always good. I'm going to thank everyone tonight for their stories. Isn't it been powerful? God is so good, and uh, we want to thank God for what He has done. I ask you to write some prayers on there, Lord Jesus, and your prayers of thanksgiving. And this is how we're going to end our service. We're going to sing a closing song. And as we do, I'm going to ask everyone to stand. And if you would just take those papers, and let's come down and just lay them all on the stairs here. We'll make this our altar of our praise, of our thanksgiving to the Lord. Enter His courts with thanksgiving. So while the song's going, while we're singing, come along and drop your, your praise, your prayers off on the paper. Nobody's going to read them. They're going to be a symbol. And then we're going to close this service with a prayer of thanksgiving. Amen? Let's stand together as we sing our final closing song tonight. generations falling down in worship to sing the song of ages to the Lamb. And all who've gone before us 
And all who will believe will sing the song of ages to the Lamb. Your name is the highest. Your name is the greatest. Your name stands above them all. All souls and dominions, all powers and positions, your name stands above them all. And the angels cry, Holy, all creation cries,
just this whole, this whole altar filled with the praises and the thanksgiving of your people, Lord. God, my heart is so full this evening with gratitude towards the Almighty. God, I thank you that we have you and that you are the only thing that really matters in this world. Thank you that you've not left us to do this alone. Thank you for the trials. Lord, we know that in those trials, you've just drawn us close to yourself, Lord. We thank you for the joys. We thank you for the victories. We thank you for it all. But, Lord, most importantly, we thank you for Jesus Christ, the Son of the Most High, the living God, Lord. God, we lift up to you tonight, tonight, Lord. There's many people in our church. Many are hurting today, Lord. I know that many could say that, man, they're in the middle of a valley. God, I pray you'll put your hand on them and that you'll work through them. And, and may tonight they walk out of here with hope because of Jesus Christ. God, I lift up. I know one man in our church is hurting, Frank Latour, in a car accident this afternoon, Lord. We lift him up before you, Lord. I know that he's in a, in a, in a tough spot right now. And I ask that your will will be done, Lord. And that you will work through their situation and comfort their family, Lord, as they, as they rally around him right now, Lord. But, God, I know that you are doing a great thing here, Lord. You've been moving. God, thank you. What a blessing it is to have all of our kids with us tonight. They've been like angels. They, man, you didn't even hear them. God, they, they've been worshiping you. They've been partaking with their families in, in great joy and thanksgiving. And, Lord, we ask your blessing upon our church family, upon each of us as individuals, and upon all of our gatherings tomorrow, Lord, as we try to keep you at the forefront of everything we do. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Well, God bless you. What a powerful evening. Amen. Let's thank our great God. What a great God we serve. God bless you. You are dismissed.